Welcome one, welcome all to episode 198 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on October 8th, 2023. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and joined today, not always, for the first time, but a very special guest, welcoming Greg Seward from Player One Podcast, but also Generation 16. He's been in the gaming industry since probably around the time that I started buying my own video games uh, and, and slowly starting to like coerce my idea of what good games are and we're bringing him in this week to ensure that someone of expert knowledge and uh history with racing is coming in to speak with us about forza we're also going to be talking about assassin's creed redfall got its update and a lot more on this week's episode uh as always we'd like to start the show off with words of kindness but first how are you greg how are you doing I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, like I mentioned in the pre-show, it's uh, Thanksgiving up here in Canada, and um, we're just sort of in the middle of, in the throes of making turkey and apple pies and no pumpkin pie, unfortunately, but all that stuff. Oh, oh that's so, a shame. That smells favorite. really great here. Yeah. I'm very curious, because you have Thanksgiving in October, you also have Halloween in October. What do you do in November? Uh black friday sales mostly <laughs> so so there's never any confusion about like oh i have to go uh i i'm having a really long thanksgiving weekend sorry uh work i won't be able to be there instead it's like no i have to work all the time i have no time off and i then have to try and manage black friday sales yeah no i'm we in in november up here we we uh i don't want to say celebrate we um observe what we call remembrance day which i think you probably call veterans day or something oh okay in the u.s same thing but that's on november 11th every year so there is still a holiday in november mm. but yeah it's not a thanksgiving or anything like that that's crazy i did not it's there's so many other holidays that canada has that are similar but just like slightly tweaked They're slightly different yeah it's, it's very a similar country <laughs> it's true it's true i know like i think like tomorrow is like columbus day which, yeah, we don't celebrate Columbus Day. Uh, yeah, I don't think we should be either, but <laughs> oh. I think there, I think people will. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I, I blame you guys because I mean, he did land on Canada first, as far as I know. Before we get into the news, I did want to jump into. I'm like, I'm having too much fun chatting with you, and I'm forgetting I have to do a show. I have to do the hosting part of it. Uh, so I did want to shout out our uh, patrons and our kind words. Um, Starting off with the kind words, I wanted to shout out you, but also uh, Luke Lore, who at this moment is probably somewhere in Maryland uh, dealing with with real life issues and stuff like that. But uh, I wanted to thank him because if you all don't know, um, when I joined on to do the Xbox expansion pass, uh, he asked like kind of was there was there anything that I wanted out of the show that he would help provide, whether it be like Patreon uh, funds to offset my time you know, codes or if there was anything like, you know, that I wanted out of this. And I said, I, I just want to be able to have access to games that we're going to be talking about so that I can speak to them. And graciously enough, him and his PR marketing madness uh, has been able to secure codes for review for just about every game this year that I have uh, talked about on this show. Um, and been able to speak to and also Greg as well too for Forza mm -hmm. Motorsport so I wanted to shout him out because he's an awesome dude he puts in the time and effort every single week to reach out to PR companies to talk to them about what's going on to try and let them know like this is the conversations we're having we'd love to have codes things like that to be able to speak to the games that are coming out and he saved me 
hundreds of dollars this year, actually hundreds of dollars, because a lot of these codes were full on like retail copies that I would have bought had it not been for this show. So I wanted to reach out and take the moment to kind of shine him up since he's not actually here and I can do it. But was there anyone that you, uh, that really kind of touched your week or, uh, made your, your gaming week better, Greg? Oh, I didn't even think about this before we started. Um, you know what? I might have to come back to that because it's not not something that I even prepared for. No I mean, worries. in general, I will say, and I, I say this on our show as well, so maybe I'll just go with this. Um, it's not just a single person or two, but uh, our show now that's been going for about 17 years, um, we've got an amazing community in general. So yeah. I, I would probably go with that. Not just the patrons, although the patrons we, we supremely uh, um, appreciate. Because uh, for the, sort of the same reason, we don't normally go through um, PR channels to to obtain games that we're talking about. But it's the Patreon funds that um, that we use to to get like the sort of the AAA stuff that we know we all want to play and talk about. But um, just in general, like we're not the biggest podcast out there, Player One. Um, but we've been around a long time. We've had fans who've stuck with us for almost two decades now, and um, it's a small group, but it's a very dedicated and faithful group. And uh, I, I'm sort of thankful for them every every week, um, just knowing that we're talking to people who have stuck with us and who appreciate what we're doing and um, sort of run with us on any any sort of, uh, you know, like I, I do Extra Life as an example. And like we raise tons of funds for Extra Life every year through a relatively small group of people and there. Uh, most of them are our um, our podcast audience. So I think I'd just sh- like to shout out my audience in general. That would be. You know, I, I really, yeah. really appreciate them. Well, that's fantastic. And speaking of, uh, I wanted to let everyone know that the uh, tier three Patreon episode for XEP is up. That is the Xbox wrap up. There's a new format now. Uh, it's something that if you're a patron of Keelhold, you're very familiar with. Um, but in this case, instead of it being the last episode of the month, like I do, this will be an additional episode that we do at the uh, end of the month, as far as I know, that we're going to be bringing on patrons of a certain tier to be able to come onto the show to talk about games, to talk about experiences, things like that, get a, a, a an opportunity for them to kind of share their thoughts and feelings. And I know as someone who started out listening to podcasts, getting an opportunity to get onto a podcast is always really exciting. And it's, it's always really fun to just kind of have that, that chance to kind of sit down with the people making the content that you listen to on a regular basis to chat about games. But um, we also wanted to shout out that we've, uh, donated $50 to same game, same save games media, sorry. Um, $50 to season gamings, uh, $25 to Greg Seward for extra life. And we need three more content creators rocking extra life, uh, to be able to donate too. Um, so if you guys have any suggestions that we, uh, Luke and I can be able to do that too, we would love that. Um, and also Patreon funds from October actually paid for the Podbeam account that we use to be able to upload all this content. So thank you to the patrons who are uh, the tier three and two tier two shoutouts this week. Uh, we got Waka Butler, Rob Frawler, Tao Zochi, uh, Trickster, Robbie Bobby Miller, Silent Cipher, Xbox Skittle, Steel Rain, Matto 1606, Randall Thor 19, Silkenit, Rick Gaffney, African aka Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33, 
Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, The Lord Sir, Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers, aka The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing, Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Dano12. Thank you for your support. Thank you for all your love. Um, it's actually because of you guys that we're able to do a lot of the stuff that's that's happening right now. So thank you so much for this. And it's just, it's so cool to see how excited Luke gets about this kind of stuff. And I get to mush about it once in a while when he's not here. It's, it's so funny to have this opportunity to kind of sit down and talk with you because you've been, you've been doing podcasting and stuff for a long time. Um, if you need to get up and uh, do something, I can jump into Assassin's Creed real quick. We're good. We're good. Okay. Um, <laughs> in that case, we're going to jump right into Forza so that I can make sure to get, get you some, time with that um i wanted to give you guys a heads up uh forza motorsports out we received codes from xbox very gracious of them to provide those for us uh i know myself and luke have been playing uh, a bit of it you've been playing uh, a, a few few hours more than i have um just because of the the two games that i'm running with right now but ign rated this an eight out of ten which is great euro gamer gave it a four out of five PC Gamer gave it 80 out of 100. Rames, Ra Games Radar Plus gave it 3.5 out of 5. Metro Game Central gave it 8 out of 10. Game Informer, 8.8 .8 out of 10. GameSpot was a 9 out of 10. So overall, the average on Open Critic was 84, which is a pretty good score for a, a first-party uh, racing sim from Xbox. Uh, Greg, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. What is kind of like your history with racing sims? Just to kind of give some background for folks. Sure. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. So I, I think it's worth noting that I grew up around racing. Uh, my my uncle is actually a Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame uh, inductee. I didn't um, know. Yeah. So and my so my uncle and my father um, they used to race uh, stock cars here in Atlantic Canada, and and um, wow. after my father retired, my uncle kept going, and he was quite successful. So yeah, he's he's in the Atlantic Motorsports Hall of Fame, the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame. So just to throw that out there, that like. When I was growing up, racing was a part of my life. Um, going to the racetrack on the weekend was like like having to go to church mm. for us. Like we went to church <laughs> in the winter, but when summer started, we went to the racetrack. Um, so anyway, so I've been sort of video games, obviously, racing has always been a big deal in video games. So as far as simulations go, mm -hmm. um, I would say probably... I really started getting into, I would say probably Gran Turismo was the first time I got into something I would call a sim, right? Yeah. I know it's a sort of a sim light, but that was sort of the first moment where I didn't have a PC. I was a almost almost exclusively a console gamer. Um, Gran Turismo was kind of the first time that I, I played something that was a little less like outrun and a little mm -hmm. more like a simulator. Um, and I've been sort of a hardcore fan of that, as well as um, I was a big fan of... Um, project gotham racing series which of course wasn't really Ooh. a simulator but again really and good. so yeah and so that sort of translated over to forza motorsport when the first one came out on the xbox so i've been into that series since the start um and then also on the pc it was into the nascar racing um the papyrus stuff that became iRacing. what is iRacing today started as papyrus's nascar uh racing games from sierra so i was into that for a while too doing a lot of online racing there so I've been, um, as far as my racing game preferences go and where I spend most of my time, uh, over the, probably since the pandemic, has been in the Gran Turismo series, has been in iRacing. Not so much in Forza um, for various reasons, but um, 
but yeah, you know, uh, that sort of morphed into uh, running a weekly racing league with with our community over at Player One Podcast. We've had a Gran Turismo racing league going for something like seven seasons now. Yeah, so it's been going quite That's a while, a long time. Yeah. Um, I remember hearing iRacing on P1P uh, a long time ago and being very curious. I was like, that sounds like something Apple makes, but that can't be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very yeah. confused about that. Uh, so, I, and, and you mentioned Gran Turismo um, kind of being the one that you favored over motorsport, which is what draws my interest to your feelings on Foza Motorsport, because this is kind of a reboot of the franchise. And I'm I'm kind of wondering, like, with Forza Motorsport, uh, have you found anything that Gran Turismo does or or used to do that has really uh, impressed you with this latest iteration? Yes. Uh, sorry, I, I want to clarify that. So, are you looking for what I think Forza Motorsport does that or that it's similar to Gran Turismo? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, just kind of curious because I know there's going to be differences to a degree between like uh, Gran Turismo and Forza Motorsport. And if those differences uh, have been improved upon compared to Gran Turismo or if there's something that is still, uh, uh, right. you know, lacking compared to Gran Turismo. Um, I don't know that I would say lacking. One of the things that I've really uh, actually enjoyed about both series for a long time is that um as sony as polyphony and uh gran turismo start to lean harder into the sim side of things and i know there are like hardcore pc sim racers that are probably listening right now that are laughing at me to call, to call it a hardcore sim but as it's leaned further into that side of things i've always found that the forza games have been i would say way more accessible mm. um the the uh the progression in those games has always felt, I don't want to say arcadey, but just more video gamey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also always felt that the Forza games um, up until now have always felt more like they were designed to be played with a controller. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I just mean it goes again with sort of that whole idea of being as accessible as possible to as many people. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like with Forza, with the new Forza Motorsport, it's still very accessible. It's still very playable with the controller. Um, but I feel like they've actually, with this game, have started to push the whole idea of if you want to sit down with like a racing rig and a wheel, um, the game is quite playable that way too, which I think is really smart because ever since, again, the pandemic, ever since 2020, sim racing blew up. Yeah. Um, you know, like with iRacing and with other things, you were starting to see esports and and a lot of that stuff is still going. I know that NASCAR still has like an esports league um that's run through iRacing and so many people ended up buying steering wheels and ended up buying racing rigs and actually like I'm going to move my chair here and you'll see like I'm one of them, right? Yeah. So, it's it's really smart I think of Turn 10 and Microsoft to recognize that and make sure that their sort of flagship sim racer um caters to those people as well so that's that's like my biggest takeaway it still doesn't feel like gran turismo they still Mm -hmm. feel like two different games but i i have really sort of in my time with forza motorsport i've really begun to appreciate how much more playable this feels on a wheel than the previous games that's cool that's really awesome see i will uh, for for video users, I will slightly move my chair so that you can see my gaming rig. 
Ooh, I like that controller. It's so good. It's such a nice, I love the Starfield controller. It's got this rubberized grips and these, these clear triggers that just nice. sell it for me. It's the most premium, not premium controller I think I've ever held on to. And I absolutely, I absolutely love it. So I'll show you the controller I've been using for, for Forza. Is, Which is that. Okay, so I, I have to ask. Uh, there's a few clarifying questions that I think I need to let folks know about. You just held up a McLaren wheel that yeah. is detached from your gaming rig, which is absolutely beautiful for, for one. Uh, but for two, how did you get a McLaren wheel? How much does something like that cost? And how is that different compared to most other wheels that people could go for? So um, I don't remember how much this, it wasn't cheap. So the only reason it's a McLaren wheel is because it's some kind of uh, licensing agreement between McLaren and uh, Fanatec, which is the name of the company that, that I, I bought a Fanatec DD Pro, uh, which was sort of um, marketed alongside Gran Turismo 7. Um, okay. so as I mentioned before, we have a, a Gran Turismo league that goes on half the people that I race with ended up buying one of these things. And I ended up buying one myself. However, yeah. it was only compatible with the PlayStation and PC, the PlayStation five and the PC when, when I, when you bought it with the, wow. the standard wheel. Um, so the reason that I ended up, the main reason I ended up buying the McLaren wheel is because by buying this wheel, it actually adds Xbox compatibility. Oh. So it was for, you know, not just for Forza Motorsport, but that was the main reason I wanted to get it because I did want to play Forza and I wanted to be able to play it with the wheel. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, the reason you would have a wheel like this over like the standard steering wheel is, is um, this is much wider than the standard wheel. Mm. So you can get more leverage uh, when you're turning and that sort of thing. Cause with the kind of um, the kind of force feedback that you get with the DD pro it's, it's, it's a workout. To, yeah race these things so that was the main reason i got it for feel and i got it because i wanted to be able to play xbox games with the wheel as well so mm, that's really cool yeah i have noticed uh i think i think it was ains uh from season gaming who mentioned if you're using controller open up the dead zone on the tr on the uh sticks so that you have a little more play with the turns mm. which i has always been kind of like my which is why i usually play on lower settings because it's a little more forgiving but i never thought of increasing the dead zone on the sticks so that i can move the joystick more without having such a big change in, in where i'm actually mm -hmm. how i'm turning and stuff because i'm like so used to it just like very precision based turning and i overturn so much um so far, Forza Motorsport, because uh, I'm I'm not a big sim guy. I really have not got the experience or the knowledge to be able to understand tuning or you know working on my car. So when I went into Forza, Forza Motorsport, I was very happy to see that they had kind of like a, a dummy version of auto tune where they just kind of like hit a button and it auto mm -hmm. upgrades your gear and stuff. Very happy about that. It ended up actually causing me to go in and start to look at some of the different parts that I was buying and actually see like, okay, well, I, I really favor handling and I really favor braking uh, and acceleration over top speed because I'm so bad at turns that I would much rather be able to compensate there than getting top speed for the straightaways because I can mm -hmm. usually make it up in the turns if I can, if I can pull those off right. Um, so far, I've really had a good time with Forza. It is a different completely different feel to like uh the crew motorsport or um forza horizon series like 
I've noticed with Forza Horizon series, I'm very devil may care with with driving, like oh, slamming oh, into yeah. a car to make a turn is 100% my bag. This is the first time that I think I've ever played a, a racing game where I've uh, probably aside from like cruising USA back in the day in the arcades. Uh, but this is the first time that I'm actually like paying attention to the driveline, thinking about the turns, trying to understand like what gear I need to be in, in those turns, what gear do what, you know, like how, how should I approach these and stuff and started to actually notice, like there are indicators on a racing track that let you know, like, how many meters away there are before a turn. I was like, oh my God, that's insane. I never think about that. And it's like, I always just followed the driving line. And eventually I ended up turning off the driving line except for turns. Mm -hmm. And that was surprising as well. I've put a lot more consideration and care into playing Forza uh, than I have ever before when it comes to racing. And I, I have to say, not only is this game really beautiful, I've been very impressed with the with the looks and, and that's coming from someone who hasn't played GT7. So I've been thinking about picking up GT7 because I also have a PSVR2 and I'd be very mm-hmm. curious to see like, you know, how that it's would play great. if that is that, that's all I ever hear, man. I yeah. hear it's great. So I've been very happy with Forza. Um I know that some folks have had trouble and I think you had trouble as well with the replay feature, right? Uh yeah, it does not appear to be working at all. Yeah. Um, my experience with it so far has been now. Now, to be fair, I've only I've only saved online race replays. I have no idea if that has to do has anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. But I've saved four different ones so far, and um, they just don't work. Like when I go mm-hmm. and set them to play, I didn't realize what was happening at first. Uh, the few that I've tried when I set when I start the playback, I see the car sitting on the grid. Yeah but then nothing happens. And then what I did notice after a while is every now and then a car would disappear or it would oh, start weird. to, uh, it would start to ghost. So I think what's happening with the replays, at least for me is that the data is there and the cars are actually reacting to things that had happened. Cause I noticed some cars had damage on them as well. Like I, I think <laughs> the, the data that affects the cars is actually still there and it's still being applied, but they're not moving. They're just sitting on the oh, grid. Wow. So if someone disconnected, the car disappears at some point during the playback, but they haven't actually moved, that sort of thing. So it's a shame because I I will say, I mean, I'm down on a few things with with motorsport. Uh-huh. Um, one is that the replay, the replay mode in particular, I don't think they've touched replays in the Forza games as far as the how they work as far as the camera settings and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It still feels like it did years and years and years ago. They're not, they're not great. And it's a shame because the game does look really nice yeah. and it would be wonderful to have some sort of way to just show off the beauty of the game a little bit more than what they've got. Um, that's something that clearly a lot of time and energy has been put into that on the Gran Turismo games uh, for years and years. So like replays on on the GT games, um, they're just they're just built to show off the cars and the tracks and the lighting. And, you know, like you can tell a lot of a lot of love went into that, um, mm. whereas it feels like they just keep copy pasting the, the replay system mm. forward in yeah. each new fourth of the game, which is a shame. That is a shame. And I and I've heard this from other folks and seen it as well, that the replays, for whatever reason, just they're not quite ready they're not quite working properly which is it's a bummer because we know that there are a couple things that folks were 
looking forward to that uh, didn't launch. Um, I wanted to get your your bead on just general overall feeling. Like one of the things that I've noticed with uh, this Forza Motorsport that kind of um, was a bummer for me, even though I was still having a lot of good fun with it, was this kind of cascading nature of uh, unlocking content. Um, you really do have to kind of play through each of the different races and then progress each of the different like campaigns to a, to a certain extent to unlock future content. So I can't just jump into the muscle cars and really have a good time with that. Like I have to do some of the beginner stuff first. Did you notice uh, any issues or, or did you rub up against that at all? Or is that kind of par for the course? Uh, I absolutely did. It's, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily par for the course. Um, but yeah, it's it's really, uh, it was really surprising to me from the start. It wasn't weird to have to run a very particular race at the very beginning of the game. That's normal. They want to show it mm -hmm. off. They want you to learn the systems, you know, and that sort of thing. And so as far as the tutorial goes, it was pretty dynamic. It was actually pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, you're jumping in, you're in a race right away. And like, here's these things yeah. we want you to do. And that's great. But then, yeah, then you're you're spit out into this menu. And I think not only is it the fact that you're stuck in this this very particular linear path through the campaign, but it's also the presentation of it in general is extremely boring. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a bunch of gray menus, you know, and again, you've got this game that looks so pretty. Yeah. And you're you're spitting me into these gray and orange screens that are not exciting and you're throwing me into races where you're forcing me to do practice before every race three i know you can skip it but even the way you skip it is is backwards to me so when you go into a race in the campaign when you're at the track the first thing they want you to do is run three laps of practice and they usually give you a target lap time to complete plus you know you get a bonus for completing the three laps and while you're doing that you can also level up your car you can level up your driver rating just by doing well in practice I get the idea behind that, but there's no way to skip it without actually starting the practice. So you have to get into the car and you have to be out on the track before you can then hit the menu button, choose quit, and then go to the race itself. And then the other thing, as far as that linear path goes, is that the races that you're in and the championships that you're in are really long, mm -hmm. way too long. Um, so if you're itching to get into something more interesting, you can't. Yeah. And I mean, it's not weird for some of these early championships that you have to do to last like an hour and a half. Yeah, it's it's way too much. Like the 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 progression in this game is is all wrong. It starts off so exciting and then it just becomes extremely boring. Mm -hmm. um, and that, it's funny because, you, you know, we've been chatting a little bit through the week while we've been playing and um I was very down on it. Um, you know, it's just, I just want to get out and race other races and you can do that, but they're single races. They don't really mean anything. They're not helping you in your progression in any way. Yeah. Um, but then I jumped into the online multiplayer one night. Finally, actually I was waiting until I, I, I only got this wheel this week. So once I got it, I jumped into online multiplayer and again, they force you into a three race set at the very beginning of multiplayer. That, so they can set your, uh, safety rating which i appreciate that makes a lot of sense yeah um but they put you in i think it's a, a some kind of honda but it's a race car and it's nimble and it's fast and it's so exciting like the game just came to life as soon as i jumped into the online hoppers 
Mm-hmm. It's like this is what Forza Motorsport is supposed to feel like. It's fast. It's exciting. It's easy to control. You're in some nice tracks. the The online play is rock solid. You know, like I'm not seeing cars jumping around. I'm not seeing any issues anywhere. I had a great time, and and it really turned me around, turned around my opinion on the game at that point because mm-hmm. having stuck to the single player mode, I was getting bored with it. Like I just kind of. I wasn't questioning whether I ever want to play it again or anything like that, but I was definitely getting to the point. It's like, do I want to play something else right now? Mm-hmm. I, I don't really want to put in the hour I need to put in just to get to the next racing series where I'm driving, you know, something with a top speed of 100 miles an hour and, and you know, some street car. I don't want to do that. I want yeah. to I want to get into some race cars. There's some really exciting race cars in this game. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Yeah, that was something that I noticed as well. And and uh, the, the leveling system for the cars was very interesting as well, too, because you don't automatically get all of the parts that you can use for a vehicle right off the bat. Uh, this time they've introduced a leveling system for your cars that, to be fair, is is fairly quick, in my opinion, uh, if you're if you're racing. I personally liked the as someone who's a very, very green to, to racing. Um, I took all of the practice time and used that to kind of level up my car while I was also learning the track, which is not going to benefit anyone that's experienced with all these tracks. Um, But it was a good opportunity for me to get a feel for the car, to get some time in on the car and also level it up. So that way I could actually earn some different parts that would slowly increase my car's class, Uh, which if you if you're not familiar, there's class points that each car can only be souped up to a certain level before it transitions into a higher class, which depending on the race that you do would either exclude it from being able to be used or would uh, uh, kind of top out at the, at the the maximum. Like it's kind of like heavyweights, lightweights and medium weights for boxing. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's certain, you don't want to stick a lightweight against a heavyweight and the same thing with racing kind of applies here. So I kind of, uh, I, I liked having something that was kind of like, increasing as i was doing a practice like it felt like i was getting progression even though i wasn't really moving forward in the campaign uh but i know that this does kind of rub up against some of the veterans who are used to being able to go in they know exactly what gear they want to put on their car they go in and they they tweak it instantly and then they've got their beautiful car right there they don't have to think about it it feels just like how they're used to was that something that you noticed or or cared about or was that impactful for you I personally didn't care too much about it at first. Um, I've always been a fan of the, I I don't remember if it's always been this way in the Forza games, but it has been, I think for the last little while, I I love the idea of the quick upgrades where Mm -hmm. you just hit a button. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll do a loadout that we, or, you know, a set of upgrades that we think makes sense. And we'll give you sort of a rundown of what those are and you can accept them. And it's, it's like a couple button presses and it's over. And I've always been a fan of that, especially in a situation where when you're working through the campaign, you know, I just want to, I just want to keep going because I want to unlock everything so I can get access to what I want. Now being on, like if I'm, I'm in an online league or something where, you know, we're doing our own setups, then yes, I want to have that ability to put the parts on the car that i want so i i think it is a little bit crazy that they've in, in a game where it feels like they're sort of trying to please the sim racing crowd a little bit more than they normally would have to lock all that stuff behind car progression which on top of that i think the biggest the biggest sin they committed with this is that the progression is locked to that particular car 
Yeah. So, you know, it's not weird for people in the sim racing crowd to want to own multiple versions of the same car with different setups, with different parts bolted onto it. Mm -hmm. And if you want to do that in Forza Motorsport, you've got to start from zero again if you buy a new version of that car. Yeah. Which I think I would not be surprised to find out that they'll that that's been changed. I feel like a future update is going to change that somehow, or at least they'll we'll hear from them that they want to tweak it because I think that's the greater sin. I think locking the parts behind progression isn't great, but I don't think it's awful either. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they should turn the leveling, set the leveling system so it's like you're leveling based on manufacturer or even if you're leveling based on car. So if I have like a Honda Accord that I've gotten to level 30, the next time I buy an Accord, it just starts at level 30. It, it's yeah. right where I am now, you know. Yeah, something like that. I know um, with Call of Duty, there's a, a similar system where you have to kind of level up your weapons to be able to unlock attachments. But the difference being is, is that each weapon, even though it is, you know, once you've leveled it up, you can have specific loadouts for that weapon. So say if you have, you know, uh, one particular gun, and that gun is good for uh, a kind of a run and gun setup, you can then have a different loadout that has that same gun, but just the different attachments. And it doesn't matter that, you know, it's a, a different loadout. It's the same gun, the same attachments were unlocked per loadout, as opposed mm -hmm. to what this sounds like, which is, you know, if you buy a, a car, if you want the same car with a different gear setup, you have to re-level that car, which is kind yeah. of a shame. Yeah, it really is. So it again, I it it makes a a, a bit of sense, but uh, it, it was a weird choice. Yeah. Definitely a weird choice. I wanted to talk about uh, graphics to kind of round things out because I don't know as far as like how Gran Turismo looks. I know uh, Forza Motorsports touting 4K ray tracing, 60 frames per second. I've been playing in performance ray tracing mode uh, for a majority of my time, and I'm really impressed. Uh, I, I mean, I think Sims have always been kind of the showcase piece for a lot of consoles. Uh, this one coming three years into the the lifespan of the, the console, less so. But I do really feel like Forza has just absolutely killed it with uh, the graphics. I think that the game looks beautiful. I know there's been a lot of uh, conversation online, which I always take with a grain of salt um, regarding like how it compares to, to you know, Gran Turismo. But genuinely like to, to me i've had such a pleasant experience where I, I i can almost guarantee that if i'm playing this on the on on the the big tv in the living room i turn off all the hud and i just kind of like let it let, you know play through normally um i could probably convince my wife this is actually just tv and that for some reason i'm watching racing but was that would, something that yeah, you could bigger, would the bigger question from her be why are you watching racing or yes <laughs> most definitely <laughs> like, why, what are you watching racing for uh it's for research honey <laughs> research for what racing yeah um yeah i i think see and this is another reason why i wish the replays looked better and mm. i wish they were working better because that's where, not that the games don't look good in action, both of them, but that's where GT7 really shines, mm -hmm. uh, is in those replays. I think from from a st from just a general fidelity standpoint, Forza looks great. You know, um, the lighting looks good. There's some wonkiness here and there uh, with certain cars and things like that. But mm. 
that's not weird to see, uh, especially this early on. I mean, we have to remember this game's only a week old. Yeah. Uh, even for early release, right? So yeah. actually for early release, it's not even a week old. So, you know, I, I've been in races where um, I forget which track it was at. It was in like a, on an oval track um, where it was starting at night and all the car's headlights were on and the, the game was just, it was struggling. It oh. was, there were so many graphical issues happening. It was, it was so bad that it was clearly a bug. It wasn't, you know, a, yeah. a, a, it wasn't a poorly designed lighting system or anything. It was clearly a bug. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to happen. And I think that some of the weirdness that people are reporting with lighting on certain cars and that sort of thing um, will probably get ironed out through patches over the next few months. But for the most part, I mean, it looks great. I will say that the, I like to run in, um, I don't like to run in cockpit view so much because I just, I find it a little bit distracting. So I usually use, I would like to use the roof cam in this game. Yeah. The reflections on the hoods of the cars are <laughs> out of control. Like to the point it's distracting. I actually have to turn, I have to actually use bumper cam because I, it's disorienting going through turns, the way the reflections are rotating. Oh, on interesting. But I'm curious, like I sort of started to look at Gran Turismo 7 from that same uh, um, camera angle. Mm -hmm. And I think what it really did kind of call into uh, uh, contrast was that Forza still feels like it's a bit lower polygon count on the cars than gran turismo 7 is or there's something going on there maybe it's just the shaders maybe they're a little bit better in gran turismo 7 i feel like the light plays off the cars in gt7 a little bit better interesting in in forza but i mean that's sitting and really looking you know what i mean like putting them side by side and really trying to pick it apart for the most part i think they look great one thing i think in particular which this whole generation i think has been really big is lighting the -hmm. lighting has gotten so much better in video games in the last three or four years than it ever has been before. And because of things like ray tracing and stuff like that and Forza's um, weather changes and time of day changes look fantastic. The game looks so pretty when you're racing and like the sun is setting. And especially if you're in cockpit view and you're on a track that's lit up, like the way the lights dancing off the dashboard and the steering wheel, and you're getting reflections on the inside of the windshield that in those moments i would say exactly the same as what you just said which is like if you put that on and you let it run and somebody who doesn't realize that you're playing a racing game it would be easy to look at it and think that's just video yeah of someone driving this track at night yeah um it's it to me it was really stunning it really it was really noticeable and it really stood out to me and um yeah even even the weather changes they just there's something about it. They've got the environmental graphics, especially looking really good in Forza Motorsport. I'm, I'm really impressed by it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had such a good time just kind of enjoying it. And that's the thing that I think I took away from this, which was as someone who isn't into sim racing, I came away with a very positive experience because uh, a lot of the, the systems, a lot of the uh, kind of uh, comparisons to other games and stuff like that. Uh, completely falls to the wayside because I, I just don't have the background. And I guess this would be different if someone started, if someone came up to me and asked my opinion on a pirate game, I would probably have a much different opinion 
or perspective on, you know, like how does this pirate game compare to other pirate games is like, well, <laughs> sit down, let's have a talk. Uh, <laughs> so time you got? it's, yeah, <laughs> it's not 10 minutes. I got it. <laughs> It'll take more than 10 minutes, but I, I really wanted to thank you for, for being able to help out with this because I know that there's a long lineage of, of racing in your history, but also with racing games in particular. So having your kind of perspective on this has been really kind of, it's been breathtaking to kind of just like think like, oh my God, I, I had no idea that there were so many little eccentricities with, with the game that, that I would have never been able to pick out. And I know Luke and I really appreciate the fact that you've come on to help out with this. Um, overall, would you say that you'd recommend this for someone who's fairly new to Sims? Yes. Um, I think it's, I really do think it's a great jumping off point. Like I said, with um, talking about Gran Turismo, I feel like Gran Turismo, that as a series has gotten to the point where it's not completely inaccessible, but you're definitely better off having experience with that series and with sort of the progression of that series if you're going to jump in that's something that I still say Forza has always had over the Gran Turismo series. And I'll be honest, I'm saying this as someone who prefers the Gran Turismo series, but something that Forza's always had over it is that it's always been so much more accessible. And yes, this is, this is the game. I think that if you get it and you're just going to play with a controller and you want to set it sort of to arcade settings, because another thing that the Forza series I think has always been really good at. And I really, really love about this game too, is the difficulty settings are so granular down yeah. to the point where when you start a race, you get to choose where you start on the grid. Yeah. Um, which I've had, I've seen sim racers laughing about, but it, to me, it makes perfect sense. Um, you can set the challenge to be what you want it to be in this game way more than you can in a Gran Turismo game. And I think that's fantastic because rather than just switching over to another difficulty setting and hoping that it works for you, you can work your way up to it. And it's so playable with a controller that you can start with a controller and then you might want to jump into a wheel, you know, maybe a cheaper wheel and just give that a shot, but it's very playable with a wheel. So it's a great, I think it's a great way for someone to jump into sim racing for the first time. It's, it's so user-friendly at the same time as there's, there's way more depth there than I expected. I was, I was surprised by how much there is. I'm glad that you bring that up too. Cause I, I, that's effectively what my experience has been. Uh, I started off with, the the lowest of all difficulties and and you know catered myself very very generously to to being able to have assistance and even like to the point where i was like ah you know maybe i will go with wear and tear on the tires and gas because mm-hmm. maybe i'll challenge myself that way and not too long after i started noticing like i was pushing my pole position back all the way all the way to the very back so i could get more points so that i could see like you know this will be my my challenge because it feels very mario kart to me in that sense like I, you know i feel like i'm going to have to go from bottom to to top in in this race and I, that's the challenge for me like the, give me all the accessibility features as far as like you know the help when it comes to turning and braking and stuff because i'm terrible about that but having the opportunity to go from last to first mm-hmm. that is a that's the type of challenge that excites me when i'm racing with those things and then after a while i started noticing myself kind of push up the difficulty slider just a, you know like one mark or two marks uh to kind of make those driver tars just a little bit more challenging for myself um yeah and really just that was where i found found myself really enjoying it was i was like okay i'm actually i usually don't 
change the difficulty setting on like the crew motorsport or like forza horizon 5 i usually keep those the same all the time even if i'm doing well because i just want to have fun i just want to win and have fun and move through the races uh i'm not there to challenge myself but with this one this was the first time where i'm like I, you know, I could make it a little bit more difficult and see, like, could I still get in first place? And and so far, that's been a really cool experience because it, it feels like I have a lot more control over where I want the difficulty to be as opposed to, OK, you either get support or you don't get support. And I'm not good enough to not have support. Right. Yes, exactly. And the other nice thing about Forza, though, is that if you want to go that route as well, you can there are settings in there where you just it it lays it out really easily really um clearly where it's like okay in this version you know damage is permanent and higher wear is on and you can't rewind if you make a mistake you know you can yeah. just set it to that and it takes care of it all so yeah that that's something that again the forza series has always gotten right but it's just it's so nice to see that it's still there and and um mm-hmm. i love to like basically what you said because what you've basically described is when you started, you were worried about the driving. You were worried about getting better at the driving. And as you got more confident with the driving, you started worrying about racecraft. And this game lets you do that, where, yeah. you know, okay, now I'm not having to struggle through every turn. Now I want to challenge myself to see if I can go side by side with one of these drive avatars through these turns and if I can come out on top. Yep. Right. And the, and the game is, is really well, well tuned for that. Yeah. I've been very, very happy with my experience in that case. Um, and speaking of very happy, uh moving into our next topic we're going to be talking about redfall um because this is a game i think this game has so many issues with it uh especially at launch that i've been i've been but here's the funny thing is as as much as i complained about this game when it first launched i still had a really fun time with it um i enjoyed this game because of the atmosphere and the characters and just the the overall concept of Redfall. So Greg, have you played Redfall at all? Have you touched that? Not given it not. a chance. No. This is one of those ones that I feel like it is effectively like a, a left for dead, but in an open world kind of Ubisoft way. Um, the thing I really love about this is this is one of the few times where it's not zombies. It's actually vampires. And because it's vampires, it just it's enough different for me that I'm like, oh, thank God. It's just not zombies again. <laughs> I don't know what it is with the zombie fatigue, but I just, I can't, I can't handle it. Like I heard there were, there was supposedly a LinkedIn post where someone said that they, there, there's a remake for last of us Two uh, being worked on. And I'm like, we don't need a remake of a zombie game that came out three years ago. Like, can we move away from zombies for a little bit, please? Mm-hmm. I agree with you. But, um, all of my issues aside, uh, there was a lot of criticism that came out, um, especially around the marketing for Redfall, uh, where people were saying like, oh, you know, the, the the trailers and stuff were showing 60 frames per second. The game is only 30 frames per second. We were fed misinformation in the marketing. When are we going to get the 60 performance patch? And I expected it uh, when the game came out in May that we were going to be seeing it pretty quickly as they uh, had it done for a bit. But I, I expected it kind of at the end of June. And Two days before they made the announcement that the game update two came out, uh, I had posted, hey, it's Halloween season. We have this these two new characters that are part of the bite back edition that haven't been talked about at all. Still haven't. And we're waiting for that 60 performance patch. Where's that? This would be a great opportunity. And then two days later, they're like, 
here's the 60 60 fps patch uh i <laughs> hope you enjoy it um so i'm really glad that they've uh done this uh and and i'm kind of curious from your perspective when it comes to first person shooters how much how important is is frames per second for you um honestly uh frames per second in general to me has never been super important Mm. um in most games in racing games i like to see it at a 60 but for me it's it's a consistent frame rate more than anything else that's more important yeah so if you're giving me i would much rather have 30 that never drops yeah than 60 that drops sporadically Mm -hmm. i can definitely appreciate that that's kind of my take on it as well too i would rather have a locked 30 than a fluctuating 60 but if i if if given the opportunity I'd rather have more headroom above a 60 and have it locked at 60 and yeah. compared to a 30. Um, For sure. 120 is nice. I will say. I've never experienced that. <laughs> oh, you've never had. Oh my no. gosh. No. If, if I could just be the bearer of, of, of forewarning here, don't go 120 until the rest of the world is, is more accustomed to 120 because once you <laughs> see 120 frames per second, and you're just in that world for a fair amount of time, it's really hard to give up. And I feel like such a, a privileged little boy for saying like, <laughs> I want 120 frames per second, daddy, and not getting it all the time. So now when I see things like 30 frames per second is our target, and I'm like, that's not nice. I want my 120, but I'll settle for 60. It's... It's kind of crazy, but why do you turn into Stewie when you're talking about frame rates? Pompousness, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's just the voice I think of when I think of of spoiled brats. I guess <laughs> blame 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 Family Guy. It's funny because I had that voice for a long time. That's just kind of my quintessential pomp, uh, or or uh, 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 oh, I can't think of the posh uh, posh, posh yeah. voice to to drop into, but then. You know, Stewie came along and it just completely turned into a Stewie accent at that point. <laughs> so, but Red Falls out. Um, I played a little bit of this. I was really impressed. The The 60 frames per second is great. But what they did is they actually went in and addressed a lot of the the issues that I think uh, I personally had when the game first came out. Um, there's a lot of tweaks to the controls that I had to do right from the get go. That was really frustrating because it was like, this is an FPS game. Why why are the dead zones so wide for uh this? So they've done some some dead zone tuning. Uh they've they've made it a little more kind of like what you would expect from an arcane studio, which is like having the ability to do stealth takedowns. Uh they've added more enemies, they've improved the AI, they've increased the uh the the anti-alias anti-aliasing settings, um, uh, which were originally or they're now hidden for FSR 2.1 if you're on PC. But overall, um, I, I got to say a lot of folks I've seen kind of the, the conversation around being like, I'm glad that they stuck to their guns. And Greg, as someone who's <laughs> who's been in the video games industry, um, I'm sure you could probably attest they probably weren't like ready to give up on Redfall. This was probably just something like this is just how long it takes for these kind of patches to get built out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, it's it's interesting to me in general because I had this conversation with somebody the other day where um, I think it was after all the layoffs at Epic, actually, mm-hmm. where we were talking about how games had become more of a service because they were getting so big that it didn't make any sense for a studio not to make any revenue for two or three years while they were making a game, 
you know, for a single release, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, making video games is hard. I hate the online uh, discourse around game developers. I hate the phrase <laughs> "lazy developers." Having been someone who's worked in the who's worked on the the development side of the industry and has released a fair amount of crappy video games, mm-hmm. um, it just the, yeah the phrase "lazy developer" really pisses me off. Um, but yeah, I mean, stick to their guns. Sure. Okay. I, I, I am happy that I feel like things get, because we we've moved into such a service game mentality in the video game industry. I do hate it when I see companies giving up on games too fast. Yes. Um, so I, I am happy to hear cause I, yeah, Redfall had a lot of issues when it came out, if I remember correctly. I mean, it, it I think there was a lot of bad press around it. Wasn't there? Yeah. Am I remembering that right? No. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So I do love that they've stuck with it because it would be easy not to. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a shame too, because you, you would think that there's uh, it's one of the things that I think you see from time to time. It feels like games aren't given because of the, the scope and the size of them. It feels like they aren't given enough development time because you just can't run a studio for half a decade with no right. revenue. Um, right. It's just, that's, that is something that is afforded to the top publishers out there who can afford to, to do that on the backs of other service games if i'm being perfectly honest and, and also remakes remakes are like the bread and butter for most companies because it's easy revenue all you have to do mm-hmm. is just you know b- throw a remake out there folks will jump on the on the remake because it's a nostalgia hit uh it's good to fund you know the production of the next live service game or the next new ip uh, and then unfortunately, a lot of folks don't buy into the new IP because they're so they're fed remakes of, of nostalgia games that they have in their right. content. So <laughs> it's this, it's this bitter circle, this vicious circle of life that, you know, the, the first parties have to, or the, the fresh IP have to die so that the remakes can live. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's really weird. Um, but I'm, I'm really glad to see that redfall got a halloween update i think a lot of folks are jumping into this now that it has the 60 frames and it is smooth it feels really good um it was it was nice to jump in and have something to shoot (laughs) on a consistent (laughs) basis um because as much as i love the world the world is fantastic it is really cool it's stylized it's it feels like a stephen king movie to me and uh to to be able to run around in that world and actually you know have a little more action is it, it gives a lot of boon to that game which deserves a lot more attention uh because of it because i i do think it's a fun game i think that there's still innate issues with ai and, and boss design that i have but i can always i i can still have a good time with that type of game the other thing that i was having a fun time with that was taking time away from forza actually was assassin's creed mirage uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage came out this uh, week and it's uh, got pretty good reviews. It's not great, but I'm kind of surprised. You know, IGN gave it an 8 out of 10, whereas like uh, Easy Allies gave it 8 out of 10. Metro Game Central gave it a 7 out of 10. GameSpot gave it a 6 out of 10. And the wow. overall average, yeah, the overall average was like a 77, which was lower than I expected given my experience. And, and we were provided codes for this and I've been diving into it. Uh, but before I dive into my kind of impressions, I wanted to get your feelings on Assassin's Creed as, as someone who's seen Assassin's Creed since its inception. Is that a franchise that you've dipped into or enjoyed in the past? 
and then fallen off or is that one that you steered away from i have i did enjoy it in the past yeah although i will say i think the only one i've ever played through fully was the first one um and i really enjoyed it i loved the idea behind that game um but i'll tell you what and i don't know if they release them yearly anymore because i've kind of stopped paying attention Mm -hmm. um but uh it felt overwhelming i don't i'm i play my game slowly (laughs) yeah so I think by the time I actually had played and finished the first one, we were already on like the third or fourth and oh, wow. where they just kept get, coming out and coming out and coming out. Like, I, I guess there's a part of my brain that wants to be a completionist. And I kind of look at that series now, like, well, if I wanted to get back into this, I have something like 15 games to play to catch up and they're not small games. Yeah. So um, I, I haven't, I, I kind of fell off the bandwagon. I've always loved the idea behind it. I have no idea. Like I know that, um, was it Black Flag? Was that the pirate one? Yes. Yes. I know I played a fair amount of that and I really liked that one a lot. Yeah. Um same. And I think I think my my podcast co-host CJ did too, which I think is what led <laughs> to his Sea of Thieves addiction. But um but yeah, um I, I'm 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 a lapsed fan of Assassin's Creed. So I came into Assassin's Creed pretty late. Uh I I because of sea of thieves i went back to try out black flag and really fell in love with it uh very impressed with just like the overall design of of how like assassin's creed games work um and then i jumped head into valhalla uh which i i really love just purely as a fan of vikings i think just vikings in general are are freaking cool and the fact that they made like an assassin's creed open world game where they're like hey go be a viking i'm like yes yep yes i will (laughs) That sounds like a good time. Thank you. I appreciate that. Will Viking cut head off? Yes, Viking will. That is what I do. Uh, so I had a really good time with it. Um, I never got to finish it because the game was so bloody big. And not to yeah. say that that's necessarily a bad thing if that's the game that you want to play. If like for you know, in, you know, back in our day, we got one or two games, and those were our games for the year. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I was. It was very much like okay, Logan gets a game on his birthday. Logan plays that from July to December when Logan gets another game in December. And then Logan plays December game till July when birthday comes back around. It was really nice, actually. But (laughs) nowadays, it's like there's so many games. There's so many. It's so hard to like have your attention to just one game, especially if it's kind of like not a game that's it's like an online game where you're kind of playing with people to keep your attention in the game but also with you know the chat room that you have so to have assassin's creed valhalla be so big uh after odyssey and um oh i'm blanking on the other one uh i can't remember origins i think it was origins uh hate hate me later uh to have have something like that was really fun but i've been playing this uh, assassin's creed mirage and i've been very impressed with just how how small the game feels um the world is beautiful and i absolutely love like walking around baghdad uh in the time that it's at because as someone that's gone from like cyberpunk uh, or from like starfield to cyberpunk and then now into assassin's creed uh it's very noticeable that like starfield's ai for people walking around is very very like small like it's just not very Mm -hmm. complex at all cyberpunk is more complex but i can see i can see the algorithm like i can see the matrix of like oh this person's turning around because they've hit the end of their pathing for their thing with assassin's creed mirage i think the fact that i don't speak the language and 
the the city is so dense with small structures that have little narrow passages i'm noticing less when ai is like turning around and walking back the same way they were and, and kind of hitting those paths like i've noticed it a couple times but it's very very little compared to so many other games so i've been having a really good time with this um i think there's a lot of criticism around the story i haven't had any issue with the story it's a pretty it's a pretty one note story as far as like there are bad people go kill bad people why are we killing bad people we are good people they're bad yeah yeah so i mean i'm not expecting you know like a, a martin scorsese story out of this uh i think the fact that they've turned this game around in in the amount of time that it has it's less than a full price game we were provided codes but I've just been having a really fun time with it. It hits the notes of uh, an original Assassin's Creed game, which falls back to the kind of the original. And again, it goes back to that online discourse. People are upset that it's not enough game. And I'm like, what do you all want? What, where's that? Where's the satisfaction? Like you don't want the 200 or 200 hour game. You don't want the 30 hour game. You don't want the 15 hour game. What is it you actually want? And it's just, it's, it's so silly to me, but I've been having a really good time with it. Um, so if there was ever an opportunity for me to recommend like an Assassin's Creed game to someone who's lapsed in the franchise, I think now would be a good time to tre- check out Mirage because I think it being uh, more uh, in line with like the older style games where it's just you walk around, you stab someone, you, you pickpocket them, you hop around from line to line, from building to building, and you gather up little bits of intel about these people in masks uh, and then you eventually just kind of find them and then murder them. It's just, it's fun. It, it reminds me of Ghost of Tsushima, which I, I really enjoyed as well, too. It is a very similar situation. One dude out there trying to murder a whole bunch of people for what is quote unquote good reasons. Uh, but just really impressed with the music, really impressed with the world and stuff like that. But um, I think you, I think you're really making a good case for it, actually, because you're right. Like the size of the games for me has been the problem i do get people getting irritated about the fact that the game isn't long enough for them but i mean if they're selling it at a reduced price then i don't understand what the issue is with that um but that like what you (laughs) just said makes me feel like oh maybe this would be one that i would look at again because i don't feel like if i'm not ready to to give the game 80 hours then i'm not going to get a full experience out of it because that's a deterrent for me like normally i don't want that yeah. Normally I want something that's a little bit more compact, a little, you know, I want to feel like I'm getting somewhere mm-hmm. uh with a one or two hour play session. So Yeah. And that's uh, that's been my experience is I feel like in a one or two hour and, and, it, and it's so funny because I'll I'll find myself prolonging things. Like I've actually been spending more time just kind of like taking my time with situations and stuff. And they mm-hmm. have it kind of split up so that you have you have like contracts as far as like a assassination or or like it's funny there's escort quests uh but there's like bonus objectives to them so it's like yeah you got to help this guy get out of town but if you take no damage you get a little bit of a bonus <laughs> right. not, or or like you have to go and uh go take out this slave trader but if you do it without being undetected then you get a little bonus and i'm like so that's great yeah and i'm like oh cool so you don't fail the mission you get parts that you need to upgrade your gear which the whole gear system and stuff is like super simple too. They really like did not have to overfluff this. You get a bunch of parts for different quests and as you progress and then you just go and it's got like three tiers of, of upgrade. It's like medium or low, low, medium, high. When you hit high, 
that's it for the year. You're good. You don't have to think about it anymore. Uh, but I, I think the scaled back RPG aspects of the game have been welcome. It reminds me of Hogwarts Legacy playing through that. Like it's simple. You don't that's need to care about it. Right. Sorry. That's something else I need to start. I actually just bought that from a friend. Oh, nice. And I've got it sitting back on that table ready to play. If you're, I would be very curious to hear your thoughts on that because for me, Hogwarts Legacy was a very perfect version of the wizarding world with Breath of the Wild and, Mm. and stuff. Cause I, the, the, the open world tropes are there. Like there's things that you go do that feel exactly inspired by shrines and but all of the things that make sense, like there's two games that I think that make sense when it comes to revealing enemies so that you can like, you know, sneak around and do stuff. Cyberpunk with the, uh, with the, the, the augments that you get for like your eyes and stuff, like totally makes sense that you could actually like see enemies around corners and stuff or behind sure. things like that makes sense. Wizarding world, they have Revelio, which is like the, the revealing spell. Totally makes sense. Every other game, like in Assassin's Creed Mirage, I have Hawk Vision for this <laughs> normal dude but right. hawk vision gives me this infrared view of of all of these enemies around corners on different levels and stuff like that and it always feels so so silly to me because it's such a game thing but i also expect it uh to be in there because that's the type of, of design they have so when i see games like hogwarts legacy do like revelio and it shows all of the enemies and it has like this big kind of aura that goes out that then kind of like starts to tag enemies and stuff i'm like that fits within the world because that's an actual spell it's an actual lore thing so i'll be very curious to hear what your thoughts are on that because it's it really did feel like i had hogwarts but with a lot of inspiration from breath of the wild as well as a couple other like maybe ubisoft open world series so it's like okay yeah i gotta go do goofy things like that but it felt it felt like it actually it's weird to kind of detour off assassin's creed because you got me on this now sorry about that <laughs> um but I'll, I'll just kind of round it off and saying like, i think this is one of the best uh wizarding world games i've ever played it is in the running for my game of the year right now wow because it was such a a complete game the only issue i, I think i've ever had with it was there's weird lighting issues with some of the geometry when you're inside outside okay. of that it's been a a, a rock solid game for me and, and I've just, I've really enjoyed that. So you're, you're not the first person, uh, who's, who's praised it really highly to me. So yeah. I need to find, um, I, I'm, I'm sorry, we're, we're taking you way off Assassin's Creed, but I'm super excited. <laughs> like Spider-Man two is kind of like, that's my end of the year game at yeah. this point, but now I'm going to, I really need to try to get Hogwarts legacy in there somewhere because from everything I've heard, it's something that you have to play. So yeah, if you're a fan of, of, the wizarding world which i am so yeah i mean i've uh, oh wrong arm uh i've been a fan for a long time uh it 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 was a it was a bright spot in my in my years of depression um when it when it came out so it helped me through a lot of things that i was coping with at the time so for me regardless of of the author being who she is and the horrible human being that i think that she's turned into unfortunately um there will always be a soft spot in in my heart for for the characters that were created in that i feel the same you uh, gotta separate the art from the artist there yeah unfortunately um would be awesome if they were just good people <laughs> the uh to kind of round out the assassin's creed stuff honestly 
I, I've been really having a good time with this. I want to talk more with it with uh, Luke after uh, he gets back because I know he's going to be playing through it as well too. Um, but genuinely just having a, a real fun time, stabby stabby out there with you know people. And I, I the setting, I have to say, it's so you know every once in a while like you get like one of those things in media that is it's set in kind of the the middle east and it just kind of shows the beauty of it i think like the mummy mm -hmm. is a film that really showcases the beauty of of like egypt and, and just in that area in general every once in a while something like that comes along and this is one of those games where i i see baghdad and what they've done with it and i'm just like god this is so cool this is such a <laughs> a, a really fun just world that, that that they've created and i'm really impressed with it the last thing that i wanted to jump into uh xbox revealed a new controller and this is kind of a goofy thing for me but we were talking about really beautiful controllers earlier today. You know, you've got your McLaren. I've got my Starfield controller. Um, they released a Gold Shadow Special Edition. It's so cool. Uh, that is is kind of gold and then gradients down to black. Um, this is coming out on, on October 17th. Yeah, October 17th. Um, I think this is really beautiful. Um, I'm really glad that they are continuing to just kind of like release these kind of cool controllers because eventually there's going to be one that hits for someone who never thought they'd be like oh i'm gonna buy a controller just because it's pretty and, and mm -hmm. you know th they'll find one that hits that person and then when they do they'll be like oh that's so cool i'm they'll have so much re reverence for it and stuff you know like mine was my sea of thieves controller in the back that has like the gold tooth uh which i still think is like one of the best xbox controllers it's they've ever done one of the most beautiful designs yeah. ever see if these controller is so pretty hands down one of one of the the coolest ones i've ever seen they've uh, pdp came out with a sonic one and a knuckles and a tails one recently that has like little figures in the handle and it's just oh, a cool it's just a clear shell but the 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 actual um the actual like uh, uh, uh circuit boards are covered so they look like they've got art from like the different zones show them. me send me a link to that eventually please because <laughs> that sounds like something i would actually be interested in yeah so. I, I have a feeling you'll, you'll probably be very <laughs> interested in those They're, they look really good um but there's always something like this so xbox is releasing their gold shadow special edition controller 17th of october uh retailing at the normal like 70 bucks and also uh luke wanted me to let you know that there's going to be content coming next week for cocoon as well as um hot wheels racer 2 or no hot wheels Oh, I forgot what it was called. He'll hate me for this. I'm sorry, Luke, but it's it's one of the new Hot Wheels game is coming out. Uh, I know the first one. It was a very interesting game because it came out right before Forza Horizon Five, and uh, it was it's actually pretty good. I think it's on Game Pass right now. But um, yeah, the second one's coming. Out. Yeah, and I've, again, another one where they knew the assignment and they just absolutely killed it. So I'm very curious yep. what they're going to do with the second one and if they're what kind of cars they'll bring to that. But a lot of cool stuff going. Um, we're rounding out the episode, Greg. Uh, let people know where they can find your content, um, where they can support you with Extra Life. Like, what are you? What are you doing? What are you working on right now? Sure. So um, you can catch me every week on the Player One podcast. Um, we've been, like I said, we've been going for about seventeen years now. I think our next episode is eight hundred and eighty-nine. Is the episode number? Um, so yeah on that podcast uh with uh chris johnston who i know you've had on this show before and uh filthy abald all ex um games media folks who are just old old gamers <laughs> now who have kids um 
yeah, but please check that out. Playeronepodcast.com. Also, you can check out my YouTube channel, uh, which is just youtube.com slash Greg Seward. That is what houses uh, various types of videos. The main thing that I do is a series called Generation 16, which is a cron gaming series uh, about the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive, um, as well as the, actually the Pioneer Laser Active, which is a very obscure oh, yeah, laser right. system. Yeah, I forgot that so you've been, been working on that. Those um and then the main thing that you you can find me in all the social media uh, under my last name Seward. um but the main thing that i like to that i want to talk about yeah is extra life um so i've been doing extra life now for 13 years um the game day marathon is coming up on november 4th this year uh this year is going to be my final marathon year really uh, just because yeah i'm i can't I can't, it's so much time and effort to do it. Yeah. I, I raise funds all through the year for extra life. Uh, the 24 hour marathon, this is going to be my last one. It's a special one though, not only because of that, but because if we can hit our goals this year, um, we are going to hit $100,000 raised for my local children's hospital here in Halifax, Nova Scotia called the IWK health center. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I I'm supremely confident that we're going to get there in the next month. Um, so yeah, you can, you can find me on extra hyphen life.org. Uh, you can just look up Greg Seward. I'm there. If you want to make a tax deductible donation, that would be amazing. Um, if you want to tune in to that stream or to any of my regular streams, which is Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursday nights, um, you can find me on Twitch TV slash Seward again, my last name. Um, mostly retro stuff. We've been playing through Police Knots on the Saturn lately. Uh, I've been playing through Shining Force 2 on the Genesis. And uh, the Extra Life uh, Marathon this year is going to be all about retro consoles. We're starting at the NES and we're working way up. By the end of the 24 hours, we'll be on Xbox and GameCube. Oh so, my gosh. Um, yeah, please consider, please consider watching. It's, again, a great little community, something I'm super proud of, that we have a small but very friendly community. Um, and please consider donating again, tax deductible. The money goes right to the hospital. We're going to hit that $100,000 mark. That's going to be amazing. That's fantastic, man. That's a, that's a heck of a, a big chunk of change to be able to help kids out with. I hate yeah. kids. So I will, I will not be, uh, you know, like doing anything outside of what I always do, which is just try and support. I won't be streaming, but I, I will most definitely be dropping by to check out what games and definitely, uh, uh you know, XEP and, and myself are going to be supporting that as well. So, really glad that you're you're doing it's a bummer that you're not that you're you're killing the the 20 i don't blame you for doing it yeah. you've been doing it for so long but the the hour uh, hour per game um format i think was uh really just uh, it's one of the the one of the few that i'm like oh that's really fun to see like when people buy it multiple hours to to force you into a game Oh God! Yeah, force you into a certain game that you don't want to play. Played way too much Batman Forever and Darkwing Duck <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, it's great. I love it. So, folks, um, if you don't know, you can always reach us uh, over in the Discord. If you're one of the patrons, um, Export or XCP has uh, a fantastic community in the patrons. That honestly, I just I really love that that Discord. It's so fun to see everyone. Uh, just be positive and and have a good conversation about games in such a tight little knit community. Um, outside of that, though, you can always reach myself at C-A-P-T L-O-G underscore L-O-G-U-N over on X uh, and threads. I think now that's where I'm mostly I don't know. Social media is in a weird spot right now. Um, mm -hmm. You can reach Luke over at Insipid Ghost on threads 
on uh, Twitter, as well as any kind of like dating site, um, especially the weird ones, like in, and not, not to shame, you know, no, no, no shaming here, but you know, the, the weird ones are where he's mostly going to be at. So make sure that you guys are supporting us. Uh, make sure to like subscribe, do all the things for the social media algorithms because we have to feed the beast. And my goal is just to get XEP more popular so that Luke can have uh, a bigger ego when talking to Joseph Moran uh, over at the PlayStation Trophy Room. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you all so much. Love you. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your gaming week. <laughs>